Gina, start the countdown. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Terminator activated. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Now I'm going to talk about a subject that people may not like. We're talking about grandmothers in this situation and their sex drives and sexuality. Now, what brought me to this was an email from Ida out of Lubbock, Texas. She writes the following. I'm 73 years old. My husband died five years ago. My kids are really on my neck about who I date. They want me with some old fogey in his 80s. I'm not thinking about that. I've made a choice to be with a man that's around 60. He's black which is going to be another problem that my kids are just going to have to live with. I've already reared them. They have their own families. I have grandchildren by them. I just want to live my life as an adult. I have put my life on hold for them for so many years, and I never had a chance to go for the person I wanted. I have to hold my tongue when I talk to my daughters because they don't understand It was not an easy thing being with their father for so many years. They always thought that it was bliss, but it wasn't. It was blisters, bruises, bumps, going to the hospital with broken arms and collarbones, the things that they never knew about. I know if I bring this up to them, they're going to say that I was being mean to their father. They have no idea. My oldest daughter doesn't realize that she almost didn't make it. He got upset because he got laid off in the oil fields. Came home one evening and kicked me in the stomach while I was six months pregnant with his steel-toed boots. That was one of the worst beatings I ever had in my life. But I couldn't tell anyone. My family loved this man. They didn't understand what I went through. And I feel it. She's got to feel it. But I guess she meant I feel like, but she got to feel it, that they don't have any comprehensions of what I've went through. The pain, the agony, the abuse. My last daughter was not born out of love. We had separated, and he raped me. They'll never know the story behind 
my marriage and my husband. I spared them the burden of knowing these things. For one time in my life, I'd like to be with someone that I chose to be in it. I was young and naive when I married him. I was only 16 years old. I was barely 15 when I got pregnant. I had to put up with a lot of things that they have no idea about. Maybe you could talk about this on a subject. I listened to your show now. A friend of mine at the store told me about your show, and I've been listening ever since. Some of us grandmothers, we're still women. And there are still things that we want to do with our lives on our own terms and not at the mercy of the kid's satisfaction. I would love for you to talk about this. Ida. Now, Ida, you make a lot of sense. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes we forget that our parents are actual people with needs. And sometimes we want to hold on to that childhood that we had with them. And some adults get shocked when their parents divorce later on in life in their 60s and 70s. And they're wondering, why why are you divorcing now? Things were so great. No, they were great for the benefit of the children, but not for the benefit of the participants in the marriage. Sadly, a lot of people actually think that a lot of these marriages that have lasted for 20 and 30, 40 years have been all bliss. They'll be surprised to find out otherwise. Usually, women will come to an epiphany in their 40s and 50s about getting out of marriages. Some do it earlier than that. It depends on the severity of what they're going through. But some stay for the kids, for the sanctity of marriage, for the commitment they made, and they start making up excuses as to why they stay. They want to be honorable. They want to walk through the pearly gates. Some of them don't want to be the first person in their family to divorce. Others don't want to bring shame to the family. There are a plethora of reasons why they stay together. Now in this case, this lady is 73 years old. The guy she's in love with is 60. Or that she has a fancy for it. And what she's talking about is feeling like a child once again. Where she's going to be monitored and told what to do as a child. And she's a full-grown adult 
that created a family. This is more problematic than you think for a lot of seniors, especially a lot of senior women. Some kids would rather just go in and dump them off in a nursing home and say, it's over, Grandma, you're done. And they're comfortable knowing that Grandma is in this place with old people and they're not having sex and she's not really doing the things that we're doing as younger folks. It was a reality I had to face with my mom long after my father died and she was up in age. Mom would have a boyfriend, okay. But here's the thing, even when she got married the second time after my father had passed away, I didn't really care for the guy. I cared for her happiness. But what I didn't try to do was to interfere. I had a life of my own to live. I just wanted to make sure he treated her right. That was all. And sometimes you got to stay out of it. Because you think that Everybody that's going to come into her life is going to take advantage of her. So he put that, that protective shield. I'm going to tell you, a lot of these seniors, you don't think are fucking, are fucking like jackrabbits. Because what's happening now, people are living longer people are going older slower they're exercising they're working out they're doing these things so they're not so quickly to go into that mode of aging There was a gentleman that wrote me, but I'm not going to read his email, but I'll just tell you the gist of it. He was 28 years old. He met a lady in Walmart over in St. George's, Utah. From that, she gave him her phone number under the pretenses of meeting her daughter, and she invited him over to dinner that evening. Now, he went to St. George's to see a friend of his. However, the friend's wife thwarted that effort and he had to wind up staying in the motel. And he couldn't see his friend. His friend wasn't allowed to leave the house like a child, grown man. Now, the premise and the reason why she didn't want him to see his friend was because this young man that wrote me caught her cheating with another man on the wedding night. Caught him in the bed together. His buddy was totally drunk. But he hasn't told his buddy that because if he did, that would ruin their relationship as friends. 
but she's very defensive. But anyway, he goes to this lady's house for dinner. Daughter's there, not so appealing to him. She's a mother of three. And as he gets there, she's going to work and mom has cooked dinner and has the table set for him. He thought that was kind of odd that she was going to work when he was there. Well, he was under the impression that, oh, okay, we're going to babysit the kids, I guess, until she gets off work. Well, the babysitter came and took the children. After dinner, mom told him, let's watch a little TV, which they decided to do. Well, as they were sitting there on the sofa, she scooted over and got closer to him. And she started asking him questions about her daughter. Did he like her? That kind of thing. Now, apparently, there was no chemistry between him and the daughter at all. He said then the mom leaned over to him and gave him a kiss. And he kind of pushed her away a bit. And at that point, he started to realize that mom was the real person that wanted it. He was still trying to be respectful. But she managed to try it again. But this time, she leaned into him and kissed him. Now, this gentleman is 28 years old. This lady is 65. And so when he started to get up that he was getting ready to leave, she put her hand over his penis, over his crotch. And at first he was going to leave, but then he said, well, what the hell? What am I going back to a hotel room with four walls or nothing? So he sat there. Mom started to straddle him. Pulled up her dress, pulled down her panties, put him inside of her, and mom had a good night. They had sex until the next morning. Daughter comes home from work. She knocks on the door in the upstairs bedroom. He's in the bedroom with mom. Mom tells her to come in. Daughter smiles and asks mom, did she enjoy her night? Mom gives thumbs up. Young man realizes he's been played. He went on to stay the rest of the weekend at this woman's house. Realizing he's wasted money coming up to see his friend the whole time. Hotel room wasted. So he drove back to Vegas. And she's coming down this coming weekend to see him. He had no intentions of being in a relationship with this woman. But now, looks like that's where it's going. Now the daughter was definitely in on this. 
And she used the door as a backdrop to get what she wanted. Now, here's the thing. A lot of us would like to think that our parents, grandparents are holier than thou. But we have to face it. They have needs just like everyone else. And sometimes as adults, we have to get over that and understand that, hey, there's still desires there. But as people age, they become a little bit more disrespected, just like kids do when they're younger. Where someone over them tells them what they're going to do. And this can be problematic. We're going to discuss this in more detail in the next segment. I know when we think of sex and seniors, we don't really think of it in the context of it being something that goes forward or something that is um, looked upon as something positive. Now, we have to remember a few things here. We get stuck in roles in life where we only can do certain things based on what is expected of us. Remember those expectations we always have to measure up to? Or we have expectations from our family, kids, and everyone else. And they would never hear of a person encroaching into their parents' lives because they don't necessarily see that person fitting in because they never fitted in before. Why should they fit in now? This is one of the reasons why I used to, when I dated older women, I would only date older women that preferably didn't have children. Especially if they were in their 40s. I was in my 20s. And the reason for that was because that would be problematic. And as you get older and you start to date women in your own age range, that could be a problem too. You could be 60 and she doesn't have any children and you're 60 and you don't have any there's a good chance that the two of you will probably get along well. She may have grown children, but they may not know their place. And so they feel as though, well, I got to be guardian and protector. Hey, I can't say anything because I was like that too. But what I had to learn was, you're still dealing with a person who was somebody of being well before you were born. And sometimes we don't like facing that truth. Ask any kid. Nobody wants to think about their parents having sex together. Sounds gross. They see their parents in a certain light. And that's the way they want to see them throughout life. 
But oftentimes we forget they have feelings, they have desires, they have needs. And that could be very, as my friend says, not complicated. No, that's too simple. Complexicated, as he says. Made a song about that word. And here's the thing. When it comes down to it, they feel as though the sexual gratification they had with the child's father was sufficient enough for that person to sustain them for the rest of their lives until they wind up where their parents are now as they age. And then they want to make the exceptions to the rule. I had a friend of mine, uh, she's still here in Vegas, as a matter of fact, and she worked in a nursing home for a while. And she would tell me there was a couple in there that used to fuck all the time, well into the 80s. He'd take one of those Viagra tablets, and they'd go for it. She used to crack me up. She said, sometimes she said, I'd be waiting for a dust cloud to come out of the room. But they would have to go and separate them, of course. Because, see, as you get older, people feel as though that you can't think and do for yourself anymore. So you have people that, in some cases, speak for you, think for you, act for you. And you don't have that opportunity to really express yourself or be yourself. It's like you're reverting back to your second childhood as people always uh, underscore. I'm of the opinion that if you are still of sound mind and of sound faculties, if you want to go and get laid, I don't see any problem with it. Where I see the problem is when people try to repress that And you have seniors doing things such as slipping out of the nursing home to go get them a little bit. And they do. And sadly, we've written them off. Now, of course, seniors are very vulnerable in this day and age to all kind of uh, things, scams and everything else, romance scams, all those things. And it's good for children, their children, adult children, to be vigilant. But when it comes down to totally denying and repressing them, they would do more good in vetting the people that the parent is going to be with or around. Because that repression just goes away. It's just like you're a pet and you're going to be spayed or neutered whether or not you want to be. Have any choice in it. But we don't think about it like that. We don't. Because it's inconvenient for us if the dog has more puppies. The dog doesn't give a damn. The dog is like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm being a dog. We're the ones that try to put rationale based on the dog behavior. We try to train them. 
Doggos take a shit wherever they want to. They pee wherever they want to. And we get upset with them and scold them as if they're children. They don't have any comprehension of English. They understand the pitch of your voice. The inflections. That's what they go by. And dogs are what? Perpetual two-year-olds. So I want you to think about one thing. We get to a point where we treat our parents like they're children. And that was one thing that I never wanted to do with my mother or my father. I kept the same level of respect for them as a child, as an adult. I remember one day in particular, my mom told me, I think she was 55 or so. She said, son, I just want to be me. And I didn't know what that meant. What that meant was, you're going to take care of all my bills and everything else. I ain't going to do shit but be me and my, I'm just going to be myself. I said, okay, you earned it. I had no problem with it. What I wanted her to do was to live the fullest life she possibly could. She had given me a good portion of her life and rearing me and everything, the least I could do was to make sure that she was happy. Instead of trying to put her in a box and try to make her convenient, oh, I'm going to put you here and you're going to stay here, you're going to do that. No. She didn't do that with me. Why should I do it with her? She could be herself. In fact, she was the one that told me that she wanted to go to a nursing home. And I'm sitting up there, well, I can take care of you. I was busting my ass trying to take care of her. I said, no, son, I appreciate the effort. I'll be fine in a nursing home. And I guess she was under the impression that I was not going to come see her, not going to go take her to get her hair done, her nails done, and those kind of things. She was in for a rude awakening. Did all those things. Pedicures, manicures, all of that. What I wanted her to understand was just because she was getting older, she was not being forgotten, she was not being irrelevant, and she was still, even though she was my mother, she was still a woman. And I had to respect that dignity of her until the day she shut her eyes. And after seeing the way some of the people treated their parents, putting them in a nursing home, not talking to them, not calling them, not even coming by to see them until they're dead, that was unacceptable to me. I was sad that my mom was not living with me anymore. Because one of the good things I liked about that situation was the fact that we always had jokes and she always had something to tell me not only about myself, 
but about certain things in life. It was an education every time I interacted with it throughout my life. And that's what I appreciated about her the most. My childhood was a learning experience for both my my mother and my father for as long as he lived. So you have to really think about if you were in your parents' shoes and life is changing on you. Because if you live long enough, life's going to change on you. I tell you, the most fucked up thing I ever found with me, I tried to play basketball one time. I was around 45, 46. And so you had these young dudes out there in their 20s and shit and teens. And they up there reverse slamming and everything. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get out there. Hell, I used to slam dunk back in the day. I'm going to get up there and do an alley-oop. I took my ass up there and tried to dunk. My back said, what the hell do you think you're doing? I was in midair and I was like, I'm trying to dunk. My back said, get your ass back on the ground. And I did. I said, now get your ass back over there on the bench and watch everybody else play. Hell, you think you are? I was like, damn. And then my back told my legs, Hey, yeah, uh, you know that pain that you had back when you were 25? Um, Yeah, it's time for us to wake him up. I was like, damn, knees started hurting. I said, damn, then my lungs start. That's what really fucked up because I hadn't been running in a while. I was like, damn. And I started to think, because see, the way I looked at it when I was younger, I wanted to be fast enough to outrun a German Shepherd. Primarily because of that incident I told you about when we were trick-or-treating that night. For those of you who don't know briefly, I cut up one of my mom's white sheets and I made ghost costumes for all of us. We were little. And cut up the damn pillowcases to make the little mask. And so my friend decided that what he was going to do is take his mom's red lipstick and write a, a cross on our chest. Because we didn't want people to think that we were going to be evil ghosts. We were going to be Christian ghosts. Well, that didn't go so well, especially when we went to this house that had this big-ass Confederate flag on the front that we didn't really pay any attention to. And we knocking on the door, and this guy answered the door, white guy answered the door, hey, honey, the Klan is outside. When he said that, this damn German shepherd came from the backyard. Now, it's pitch black out there. We're in Jackson, Mississippi. We started hauling ass. And it was cold that night because the dog, every time he barked, you see that white mist come from his mouth. And we were hauling ass. We ran through every part of Jackson, Mississippi, damn near that night, running away from that dog. Now, mind you, pillowcase is full of candy. And we hauling ass. We go get some candy at one house. Then we'll look up and hear the dog, root, root, root. And we look down there, it's like, damn. Couldn't see nothing but the silhouette, those two ears. 
and see that puff of smoke coming out of his mouth. I never got so much exercise in my life, but that night, shit, I could have ran the Olympics with no problem. We ran our asses off. Finally made it home. And of course, I had to deal with the consequences of me cutting up my mom's sheets and pillowcases. She didn't spank me. She just wanted to see if I would tell the truth. And I did. Where'd you get the outfit from? I cut up your sheets. The new sheets that I bought? Yes. Hmm, okay. But it's going to cost you your allowance for a while. I'm like, damn. She hit me like the government would. But that's the way it went. But what I'll tell you folks is this. A mother is a precious thing. But you also have to understand she gave birth to you and she knows you better than you know yourself. So give her her due respect. If she finds someone that as you vet it and make sure that they are not mistreating her or anything like that, it's okay for her to be with that person, okay for her to date that person. But just have the safeguards in, have a talk with her. Say, Mom, look, uh, we need to have a talk before you start dating this guy. And you make sure that everything is where it should be. Because, of course, you don't want somebody to take advantage of her. That's understood. But you also want to make sure that she has a wonderful rest of her life as well. We'll talk more in just a moment. Now, who benefits the most when it comes down to seniors having sex or people aging having sex? Believe it or not, it is actually the people who don't have any children. Now, I know this sounds odd, and I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule. But here's why. These people have more autonomy, and not only that, they're not monitored. Now, the interesting thing is this. Women are very sexually active for a very long time throughout their lifetime. Men, usually 40% of men, by the time they reach around 50 or so, may experience some form of erectile dysfunction. It's not uncommon. It could be due to medication, circulatory issues, you name it. Now, you got to remember, it takes two cups of blood in the penis in order to sustain an erection. That's right. Two cups of blood is what it takes. The other thing, too, is it may not be as virile as before. In other words, 
the average man, when he ejaculates, it comes out at 20 miles per hour. But when he gets a little bit older, it might only come out at 10 to 15. It depends. As people age, they usually don't have sex as frequently. Now, it all depends on the individual. Because there have been some people who have been sexually repressed and they're trying to make up for old times. And they have a lot of energy. Now, there are some folks that have had a very high libido and they will go into their senior years with that. Then there are others where they kind of lose it, 40s, 50s, 60s, and they get it back on occasion. It depends on the person. It depends on how it's perceived and how people contend with it. And it varies from person to person. Now, the sad truth about this is that a lot of times what we look at when we think about sex, we don't consider that as part of the equation for older people. So if you see a 70 or 80 year old guy and he's beaten off and you're ridiculing him, it could very well be that, hey, you know what? He still needs some pussy. Why are you ridiculing him? Try to get him late. Help him out. But see, we don't look at it that way. Mom has her sex toys and is doing her things as she gets older. And you think that that's okay. Because here's the thing that you have to realize. Some of you ladies are using sex toys in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s. And when I say that, I mean void of a man altogether. A lot of you never admit to that. I've met only two women that actually openly admit it. They had limited interaction with men, and the majority of time they had spent masturbating. They didn't want the complications of a relationship. Well, when they were younger, they took it for granted because they were attractive and they could attract men at any beck and call. When they started getting older, they found out that they didn't have that magic anymore, and it was harder for them to attract men. And then that's when they went on that surge of trying to find a guy in their 50s and 60s. Because they took it for granted. They loved being admired. They enjoyed the moment. But it became part of their cycle. There was a lady that wrote me. She was a BBW, sent me a picture of her. And she was running into some difficulties herself. Because what she started doing was masturbating so much 
And she had figured out a way to please herself in such a way that she was afraid that she was going to become addicted to it and not necessarily have a guy in her life. Because she looked at another person as being too complicated to deal with. But she was facing the reality of I'm laying up here with this thing inside me that's not even human. And it varies. Now, most men may find it very difficult as they get older to be appreciated by women in their age group. Because these women are looking a lot of times for younger men. Everything you represent as an older man to remind them of their age, their possible mortality. You're a 70-something walking around with a members-only jacket. And she don't want you walking around in that. She wants you dressing like some of these young boys. And some of you ladies get upset when you see these guys walking around wearing the Jordans at 50 and 60 with the pants sagging. That's because, believe it or not, there's some women in their peer group that want them to still appeal like that. Because they're stuck in that era. I told you about my friend that used to wear the Florsham boots with the zip on the side. Still didn't know where the hell he got that stuff. It was brand new all the time. We'd be in the 90s going into 2000. He still had that shit brand new. Drove around in an olive green and white top, vinyl top, white vinyl interior, 1972 Pontiac Grand Prix with eight-track tapes. And the damn tapes looked like they had never been touched. And I'd ask him, he would still be playing the Isley Brothers. I was like, damn. Every time I went to visit him, it felt like I had to go back in 1972. It was kind of weird. But that's the way he lived his life. And when we'd go out, oh, he'd be dressed the same way. Sometimes they have an afro. I'd be like, damn. I remember when the Jerry Curl came out, boy, people were slinging grease in L.A. like you wouldn't believe. Could have made so much money off a damn fish fry and oil change. It's like, damn. I never forget there was this one bus driver in L.A. And he's a driver for STRTD, Southern California Rapid Transit District. And we used to call it RTD, Ready to Die. And... He would have his long jerry curl and have this damn towel around his neck like he was a boxer. Wearing them those gazelle shades. Couldn't tell him he wasn't cool. But back in the day, that was the thing. People did stuff like that. 
But see, people get stuck in their own eras. I remember one time, a guy I knew was dating this older woman. We were like, oh, man. I think we were like 23, 22. I had just got out of service. It was about 23, I think. And this dude was with this woman, and she was like 68. She was really up there. And she's still like Benny uh, Goodman, Arthur Miller, and all the rest of that. She liked that whole thing, you know, that kind of music. Big band music, Duke Ellington, all those. And he's like, man, I'm going to go ballroom dancing with my girl. And we were like, ballroom dancing? Who the hell does that? Even like now, all these women that go on these dating sites must love ballroom dancing. Why? Because you saw Dancing with the Stars? I think not. Mm Mm-mm. Tango and all of that. If I wanted to tango, I'd go to Argentina where they really do it. I wouldn't touch that place now with the economy the way it is. No shade to my Argentinian friends and listeners, but damn, I took a look at the numbers. Woo! Inflation. Yeah, um, it's tough down there. But here's what I'm saying. Overall, Folks, it comes down to how you feel about yourself. You may look older, but you may not feel older. Oh, and your kids are going to play some defense. Let me tell you, they're going to cock block. Ooh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers could use a line for some of, some of the defense that your kids will play. Pittsburgh Steelers need to do a draft right now. We understand that uh, T.J. Watts is hurt. All they got to do is just go to some of these seniors, get some of their kids, where they can do some cock blocking. That's right. You never get the fourth down with them. It'd be an interception in the backfield every time. Damn linebackers are coming in and just snatching the ball out there. As a matter of fact, the Dolphins play the uh, Bengals tonight. So as you can see, this show is being taped earlier. So I'm going to check that out for sure. Because Dolphins ain't playing this season. We barely beat the Bengals by one point. Steelers, of course. But we do need a quarterback. For those of you who don't know, just as a little backstory. The initial guy we had for the quarterback, his car broke down in Florida on the freeway. He tried to run across the street in order to get to the other side because they'd run out of gas. He got hit by a dump truck. That was the end of our aspirations for quarterbacks for him. So we went on and we had to wind up getting a temporary contract with uh, Trevinsky, who used to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And he's a short passer. He's not really a long passer. We had... Uh, drafted a guy by the name of Kenny Pickett out of University of Pittsburgh and they've been trying to get him to play the fans have, I have too hopefully but so far they haven't put him in so now we're at that conundrum now it would be nice if we can get uh, 
The Jacksonville Jaguars uh, quarterback, if for some reason he doesn't like where he is, and he happens to get on a plane and go to Pittsburgh and decides to just stumble into the office with his agent and just happen to spill the ink over a contract with his signature, we'll be more than glad to take him. But now, getting back to the subject matter. So what it comes down to is this. It's about respect and dignity. And sometimes we kind of become overprotective or we forget about that. I have friends now, and this is crazy. I have to go through the gauntlet of their children just to speak to a friend of mine, female friend of mine that I've known for years, before they were born, before they even, <clears throat> Lord have mercy. And it's like, I would call her and she said, well, I heard your call. I'm like, yeah. Well, my daughter wouldn't give me the phone. Why not? She don't like men calling me. And I remember, I said, now, remember, before they were born, I was in between your thighs. She was like, yeah, I know, but they, you know. And I'm like, hmm, kind of interesting. But they build those fortresses, let me tell you. And I understand the insecurity that they may have. They want to protect mom. That's understandable. But sometimes mom's like, you know what? I need to give us some ass. They don't quite get it. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, as I told you, as we get older, as people get older, they become more religious. And that means that when that occurs, we try to right the wrongs and amend all of the misdeeds that we have maybe had preconceived in our lives at some point. In other words, we get to a point where we want to be cleansed. We want to go forward in life thinking that we are more holier. And we try to be self-righteous in some regards. And we want the best things to work out. Now, this means also that our children will try to put us in that light. Have you noticed, and I'm sure you have, almost at every funeral, somebody's going to heaven. One of these days, somebody's going to say, well, I'm sure he's looking up at us down there. Because you know damn well all of these people are not going to heaven. Heaven would be just like you're trying to catch a train in Mumbai. You'd have crowds of people. So we know that's not the case. Let's just face it. We don't know what happens afterwards. I'm not going to sit here and profess that I know. But I do know one thing. People will use the cloak of religion to bullshit you out of anything you needed, just like anything else. In the black community, they'll use religion and they'll use being black to fuck you over. 
any kind of angle. Doesn't mean all of them are doing it, but there are a certain segment of people that will. Now, what I'm saying to you is this. A lot of these women in the church that complain about these fast-ass girls, these are a lot of women who used to be those fast-ass girls that they're complaining about right now. The only reason why they are now wearing them over-the-knee skirts and everything else is because of the fact that they have retired from that life. It's a cycle, the cycle of guilt. As you get older, you feel more guilty, blamed, and shamed for your actions. To put you in some sort of uh, conformity. Put you in that ritualistic, cultural vacuum. Oh, you're supposed to behave this way. You're supposed to behave that way. And relatives tell me, oh, you need to shave your beard and cut your hair off. Why? Because you did it? That don't make any damn sense. I have to follow your ass. I don't have to follow anybody. And when you look at it, religion in general was beaten into many people in this society. I want you to think about the Spanish Inquisition as a prime example. It was up to a person's judgment as to whether or not you were considered holy or whether you did something that was heresy or something that was not within the teachings. A person could dictate that, which is burned in the stake at the stake in England. Which is hanged in Salem, right here in Massachusetts. People dunked in water and drowned for the sake of righteousness. See, the problem I've had with religion in general how in the hell is somebody going to be sexually repressed telling me to be sexually repressed too, like they are? They're miserable. I'm not. I'm fucking. You see where I'm going? Like I told you, Sigma males, we don't think the way a lot of other people do, and it's very few of us that do. Because the way we look at things is we're on this planet. We don't know how we got here. We're told how we got here. We have an idea how we got here. And now that we're here, we got to decipher on what's good, what's bad, what's true, what's not. And how we're going to deal with this whole situation that's foreign to us. And people come up with made up rules. You can go to any church. You'll find somewhere along the line they have their own doctrine that may not coincide with something in another church. They didn't like the way somebody prayed, so they opened up another church. You look at the AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church. It's very Genesis. Had to do with Richard Allen being, along with the other parishioners, black parishioners, being taken out of that church and kicked out. 
because the white folks were not comfortable with black people praying with them. They wanted to have a special God. They didn't want their God to be the same one that black people were afraid to. They were afraid they were going to fuck up their blessing. Get them out of here. But what it came down to was control. That's what it came down to. Control and manipulation. We'll strike the fear in you that will force compliance. And that will engrandize our leadership. And we make the rules for you plebeians. And you abide by our wishes. If not, the wrath of God will come down on you. And what's the fear? The fear is is of dying when you're not ready to. That's the fear because you're going to die anyway. All of us are going to die. But we're fearful that we're going to die before the movie ends that we're supposed to sit down and see. Hell, fire, and brimstone. That's what they give you, right? Mighty funny, not too many people came back to tell you about it. Hey, hell is 950,000 degrees. We can see hell, fire, and brimstone. That the sun has a solar flare that comes out too far to the earth. And then you'll have conspiracies on that. God got mad at us because we didn't pray enough. Like the one lady said, she was all prayed up. I'm like, what did you use? Do you have a gas gauge on your prayers to kind of put you over the top? She prayed up because she was tired of praying. Tell that to some of those monks that pray on a continuous basis for centuries. Some of them dying in the position of prayer. Now, I don't knock religion. Believe as you will. I have no problem with that because it's good to believe in something. Including yourself sometimes. But the one thing that I will tell you is this. People will use religion as you age as a means to control and manipulate you as well. As I told you, I lost relatives at Jonestown down in Guyana with Jim Jones. See, the whole thing is In our existence, we look for this optimism. The optimism is the very thing that keeps us going every day. That's what keeps us waking up in the morning and not say, fuck it and just die. The hope that things are going to get better. That's what keeps us all motivated. And sometimes we get too comfortable by cutting down each other. Thinking that 
it's going to make you feel better in a way that's going to make you more superior than someone else. Doesn't mean anything. We use coping tools throughout our lives in order to deal with the uncertainty of life. Because life is vibrant. It carries on whether we are here or not. There are more creatures that are alive in the oceans than there are above land. So this is a thriving place. Remember, the earth can do without us, but we can't do without it. So we try to cope in any way we can. Some people cope through drugs, religion, you name it, in order to try to make it through it. Sex, you name it. They indulge in something in order to numb the pain of uncertainty, anxiety. We all do it. You talk to a lot of guys, you ask them, well, if you were to die, how would you want to die? Well, I want to die fucking. Well, it sounds good, theoretically. But if you have a heart attack while fucking, uh, it's not going to be painless. So we have to be a little bit more practical about our existence. I'm not telling you this with some kind of instruction manual. I'm just saying it in general. Some people find comfort in their religion. Other people find comfort in other things. But it's up to you. But what we like to do is to point the finger at the other people and always say, oh, they're doing the wrong thing. We'll point, Christians will point at Muslims and say, you're praying to the wrong God. Then you'll have others that are Buddhists that will say, uh, well, you guys don't have it right. And you'll go on and on down the list. And we all just need to sit back and say, you know what? Let it be as it is. You got people that are fearful that they're going to become a minority and the minorities are going to come into this country or stay in this country and treat them poorly. And so they feel as though they got to go get their guns, Bibles, and holy water and stand up. The anxiety of life. Dealing with change. Things you're not familiar with. Things that are daunting to you. The things that you fear. Because let me tell you something. The theater of the mind is far worse than reality. You can think of shit, you can hear something break in the house, and you're thinking it's far worse than it really is. Then you go and you see it, oh damn, that was just a lamp. Hell, the way it sounded, I thought the whole window broke down. It's because of your projection. And sometimes we do that, go for the absolute worst, in the hopes of a lesser impactful result. We do this in dating. We go and think that that date's going to be the most horrible date in the world and be satisfied if it just comes out mediocre to avoid disappointment. This is what we do.
We're simple creatures as human. We're not that complex. We like to pat ourselves on the back and say we are. But we're really not. Everything that we've had advanced in our society and in our world came from someone dedicating themselves to do the research and the work in order for it to come to fruition. From mining all the way down that we have done in this country, in this world, for instance, outer space, the exploratory studies we do out there, that came on the backs of many people throughout of many, many times in our existence to get to that point. And we're enjoying the convenience of it. Just think about it for a moment. In this day and time as we live in 2022, we're living in an era where all of this shit had to be done by people before we got to the technological age where we everything is now point and click. Everything now is to go on your phone and run it from an app. We don't think about these things. I want you to imagine you can get on the freeway and go from Houston to Los Angeles on the freeway. Imagine doing that in a covered wagon with a whole bunch of people in that covered wagon that hadn't taken a bath in months. The funk is intense. You go to pet the horses, the horses are probably like, what the fuck? And yes, they still fucking in that covered wagon. Grandma's still getting her guts knocked out by somebody. Dust cloud coming out of the back of the covered wagon while they fucking. It happens. Another thing they don't talk about in history. A lot of those women in the antebellum South during the Civil War. Those women that were well past childbearing age, who were still horny. They didn't sit around. Many of those women fucked their slaves. Male and female. But the way things have been packaged, we are to believe that it was the sanitized version of humanity. As if these people didn't have the same thoughts and perversions as we do today. Nothing's changed. The only thing that's happened is we've advanced in technology and that's it. We would always like to deify and glorify the past. And those people that were in the past want to deify and glorify their past because their current era didn't measure up. And it's done generation after generation after generation after generation. Because what we're looking for, we're looking for this Messiah. We're looking for this beam of hope that's going to say everything is all right. You don't have to worry about a thing. But we are not really warranting of that luxury. 
Because if we were, it would already be here. We wouldn't have to pray for it. We wouldn't have to struggle for it. It would already be part of the whole situation on earth. So we live our lives based on Bedouin tradition, Palestinian literature, fables, stories. I'm going to tell you, if I was a biblical man, the person I'd want to be is Noah. To get two of everything in that ark. First of all, I think I would have had to have a super tank. Fuck it. I would have a super freighter. And I want you to imagine now, two of every animal on this earth. That's a lot of shit. There are some animals that he couldn't even come in contact with to have on that ship. That bird that's poisonous down in Tahiti. He couldn't even touch it. Rhinos, elephants, snakes of all kind, gabon vipers, cobras, rattlesnakes. They're kind of hard to do that, being that nobody had gone to America yet. But there are religions that qualify that too. If you can think of it, you can believe it. That's the thing you got to keep in mind. Many lands have national religions. And they all will claim that theirs were the first. The one thing I like about polar bears, they don't give a fuck. They're going to try to eat anything that they can get a hold of. They don't care. They're trying to survive. I admire that animal. But my favorite animal, believe it or not, is the Arctic fox. And the reason why I say this in particular, the Arctic fox is a badass animal. They tracked one that walked all the way from Norway across the North Pole into Canada. That's a drop-the-mic moment. I would have given the damn animal a trophy of some sort. Hell, if it wasn't no more than just some damn Alpo. Good job. Job well done. But in all seriousness, folks, what I'm saying, and I know I was out there on a lot of stuff, but what I am saying is this. (sighs) We got to start treating each other better. That includes our seniors for sure. I'm not saying it because I'm a senior now, but I'm saying it in general. They have feelings, they have emotions, they want love. And some of them outlive their partners. And they still have that void. Even with Queen Elizabeth, when Prince Philip passed. She had a consort. She had a guy there to help her around. 
I know at 96, she probably, well, I don't know. Hell, I, I can't say. But she had someone there, a male there to help her. I'm going to tell you, if I was king and I was 96 years old, oh, there going to be women in there because we fucking. I don't give a damn if I got to take the whole thing of Viagra. We fucking. I'm just saying. But overall, though, we got to look at it in all seriousness. It's got to be a level that we should always respect people. Because when we get to a point that we don't, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're making it tougher for ourselves to go forward. We're trying to figure things out. And it's difficult when you're doing it and you feel as though you're under duress. There's a lot of things we have to navigate around in life. Being manipulated, being controlled, being fooled, being used, being hurt, being abused. It's like a web of things we have to navigate through. And with the hope of someday getting to this place where the sun is shining and there's fields of grass and daisies and we could run across there like they did in the movies. But most of us are caught up in the morass of life. And sometimes it's tough for us to figure out where we are as well as to where we're going. Please be considerate of your seniors. Respect them. Love them. Learn from them. Because once they've gone, guess what? With them goes a generation. In some cases, a couple. And you want to have the knowledge to go forward in the next. So that you can improve. These innovations that we have today are based on the legacy that elders left in the past. And as we trivialize and marginalize our existence in life today, centuries from now, people will look at us as if we were holier than thou, as we have looked back at generations with the same purview. Thanks for listening, folks. I got to go. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support.
If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.